0: Welcome back to the Doghouse Rules podcast. Here I am once again, Jamie Williams, alongside my co-host, Quinn Anderson, fresh off of a Hawaiian vacation. Quinn, how are you feeling?
1: I, I've been traveling for about the past 21 hours. Uh, however, when I got the call, you know, after months of silence, I couldn't resist coming back on here to record a podcast for the first time um, in a long time. Now that the season's starting next week, It felt right to, you know, bring the podcast back and get things rolling. Happy to be here. So glad to hear it. So glad to have you here.
0: I'm so glad to get this back up and running here. Uh, Hopefully we will add more episodes in the future. And you know what? I'm very excited for the upcoming football season. It has been months of kind of quiet, uh, nothing much going on, but it seems like football is finally back. It's just around the corner.
1: I can't wait it's uh it's gonna be a super fun season we just got our draft completed week one starts next week and with that you uh you dropped some juicy content for us jamie uh yesterday you did your first write-up on a league power rankings for who you think is going to be leading the fantasy league this season uh and i kind of wanted to just take a look at that and go over your thoughts
0: great yeah let me pull it up on my uh, computer as well um I had so much fun writing it, you guys. It was really a passion project of mine, kind of spur of the moment. Um, like I said, I, I, I hadn't realized how much I missed football until I started writing it, and then I just couldn't stop until it was done. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for anyone's takes, any of our listeners out there that have opinions about it. I'd love to hear them, you know. This is not a, uh, you know, this is not the the Holy Bible. This is a one man's uh, unhinged uh, passion for the sport. And uh, hopefully, maybe you got some fantasy goodness and you learned a little something. So here it is. I'm looking at it. Um, And you know, to me, it looks immaculate. I think I nailed it uh, rankings wise. I mean, I don't think there's going to be any dispute here. Yeah, we'll see about that. Okay. I mean, I I would say uh, I stand by everything I wrote. And uh, I think I got nothing but positive reviews. So as far as I can tell, it was a, you know, success. And I hope to continue with uh, this power rankings throughout the season.
1: Um, if you don't mind, Jamie, I'd like to quickly get into, um, my arch nemesis from last season, right? No longer Mr. Three Pete, the, uh, the man of my ire for this upcoming season is, uh, the head coach of the bears, Zach Chesley. And, uh, I, I loved the opportunity to really dive in and start tackling his team. Great. Let's do it. So I'm going to so, pull up the bears. So you have him ranked as the number one team in fantasy this season. And, uh, I, I think that that is, uh, Completely fair, because coming into this last season, the Bears was rolling with Cooper Cup, who we all know is just an absolute stud. But somehow, you know, the guy who won the Triple Crown is not the most favorite uh, player to me on this roster. It's he's going to be number two fantasy receiver this season. And I think Justin Jefferson is going to be number one coming into the offense for the Minnesota Vikings. It's going to be totally revamped under uh, Kevin O'Connell, I believe, from the Rams. And he's going to be looking to play the exact same role. So I don't understand how the rich continue to get richer, but, you know, that's exactly why he's rated number one. And I actually have no dispute over that. In addition to the fact that he's got a broken out tight end, at least top two, probably guaranteed number two tight end in Mark Andrews, Aaron Jones is going to look to continue to probably become Aaron Rodgers' number one passing target. Um, and despite, you know, a, a lack of depth at the running back position, he has a lot of good lottery tickets. And if any of them hit, I don't really know what we're going to be able to do to stop this man. I mean, one of those lottery tickets is
0: right there on the bench, Romeo dogs, right? A uh, great, perfect example of someone to have on your bench, right? It's just like Justin Jefferson. You know, I'm, I'm haunted by Justin Jefferson because I had him what two, three years ago when he was just a rookie. And I had him on the bench for probably like three games into the season. Not even. You dropped him after like week two. I'm too impatient. And and I should have known to be more patient with guys like Justin Jefferson coming into the league. Because, you know, Romeo Dobbs could have a similar trajectory maybe if everything breaks right. And he could blow up. You know, there is no clear wide receiver one in Green Bay right now. So it's a great lottery ticket. Jalen Hurts, what a savvy addition to really invest in the quarterback position for the Bears. Uh, He's, you know, he hasn't even tapped his full potential, I'd say. As a passer, definitely not. As a rusher, even, like, I think they're going to do more designed runs for him. I think hit the offense got only even stronger with AJ Brown added to the fold, uh, who I know you love, Quinn. And ETN's kind of this mysterious pass catching, you know, college prodigy that people are kind of sleeping on here in this new look Jaguars offense. So I don't see a real issue with this team other than depth. And then where my issue starts with Damian Harris, so I don't think it's going to be the RB one come you know week seven. I think that's going to be Ramondre Stevenson. And then why on earth does this man? He has so many great lottery tickets. And then there's David Bell. There's uh, 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 Justin Fields for some reason on, on the bench. I don't. I think his Bears fandom might come back to bite him here. So if I had to give him some advice, it would be hey, uh, get rid of David Bell. Um, get rid of Justin Fields. You don't need that second QB. Uh, go pick up, you know, maybe an exciting waiver wire addition that we might get to later. A um, couple guys I have my eye on. So, but I think it's a strong, strong team. And then the Bears defense versus San Francisco, really. This is what worries me with this team. You know, the team name is the Bears. I don't want that judgment to kind of cloud his chances for another, um, another title.
1: Well, it didn't last year, and I don't see it doing that this year. I think that the problem will entirely come from if the wheels completely fall off his running backs. However, with the the receivers he has, he's, I I don't see a situation unless one of those guys just gets hurt and out for the entire year that he's not going to be a regular season juggernaut. And I really wanted to touch on Jalen Hurts as his owner last year. Yeah, Um, The thing about Jalen Hurts is I think that he's really strong for the regular season of fantasy football, but I would be extremely, extremely concerned by the end of the year because Russian quarterbacks historically dominate in the beginning of the year. Guys like Kyler Murray, right? The Dak Prescotts, all these guys that everybody loves because of their rushing floor and the kind of production they can give you. However, I really, if I was him, I'd be scared. There's a very capable quarterback behind Jalen Hurts in Gardner Minshew who can throw the ball around to all of those receiving targets that are very talented. AJ Brown, hurt. I have my own jaded opinions on him. He's on my fantasy team still, so I have to deal with him. But he also has to deal with me, and I've held him hostage on my roster. And he can not he can leave the Titans, but he can't leave me. We've got Devontae Smith. We've got Dallas Goddard. Some serious talents. And I think that if Jalen Hurts doesn't really get his passing game off the ground, this is a team with Super Bowl aspirations, and I would not be shocked if they moved to a, a more consistent passer. You know what? The Eagles have
0: Super Bowl aspirations, and so does the Bears. And I think both of them are rightfully, uh, you know,
1: motivated and um, feeling like their team can go all the way. My only concern, honestly, though, is just that some of the wheels are going to fall off on some of these players besides those two receivers towards the end of the year. And we will see how that looks towards the end. I agree
0: with you with most of what you said, but I think Jalen Hurts has a stronger case for the starting quarterback job than Gardner Minshew. We all love Minshew, but I do think his butt is less hot than you're kind of making it out to be right now. Depth for this team is a concern, as in depth for the Bears is a concern. I do think Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, they're very similar too. Like, and by the way, you chose A.J. Brown. Don't act like you didn't you know, choose to keep him. There was much deliberation, much hemming and hawing, but you're just obsessed with him. And, um, you know, I'm hoping he'll be able to, uh, you know, Elevate the Eagles offense, but I, uh, you know, that's everyone knows that you chose AJ Brown. Jamie, if you want to harp on my team, can we save it for when we're talking about yeah, it? Yeah, let, let's
1: enough, focus on Rainier butt chugs here.
0: Okay. Let me pull them up as well. Any first uh, opinions of Rainier butt chugs ranked
1: number two in my power rankings? Um, the uh, what, what really gets me is the assumptive thought process that you decided to insert at the beginning of this, right? Um, the kind of turmoil that's going on primarily, and what's really the biggest question for this team, which is uh, head coach Evan Hennessy's thought process and his mental, right? He has a roster littered with talent. He has Jonathan Taylor, literally the safest and best option for a repeat at the top fantasy scorer overall. He has an elite quarterback in Justin Herbert, who's projected to score, for his throw for like 7,000 yards this year, if you believe all of the hype that are being given to every receiver who's going to be catching the ball from him, including tight ends and running backs. We've got Nick Chubb, who I believe is going to be the literal only engine to this Browns offense, because if you believe Jacoby Brissett is going to carry any sort of weight here, I I would not be thinking that. I would be sitting on Nick Chubb, and I would have Dearness Johnson on my bench in case the wheels fall off, because that is going to be a train that's ridden Right to the championship if he decides to ride it, not to mention his wonderful, wonderful receiving options with Mike Williams and um, CD Lamb, who are only projected to be better. Ertz, super productive in his time in um, Arizona so far, and I don't project him to be anything but, you know, I think he's going to be a nice, consistent option. And the biggest enemy to Evan's season this year is, is himself. If he makes too many moves, too much tinkering, and if the wheels fall off mentally, that's that's truly what I believe. Wow. A little bit of sniper fire from uh, Tony Boy. It's not sniper fire. It, it's not. It, his roster is extremely talented, and I think he has what it takes to be the Super Bowl champion this year. I agree. That's why I ranked him too. You know,
0: I, I agree with what you're saying about, um. you know, it's so easy to get obsessed with like, oh, I got to make a, a deal that'll get me over the hump. Oh, I got to, um, you know, tinker. And if I get the right defense in there, Believe me, take it from someone who knows. Take it from someone who started freaking Mike Boone over Dalvin Cook in a finals game against Troy two years ago. You need to know when to step away from this situation. I think Evan is exactly in that boat, but I, he's a smart guy. I've talked to him. He's delightful. I'm sure he's going to make all the right moves and get himself and his team right back to the playoffs. A couple players, I agree with everything you said about the players themselves on his team. Alan Lazard is a bit of a mystery. I hear he's very tall and very slow and yet he's somehow the most veteran wide receiver in the Packers offense, so maybe he'll be the wide receiver one, although I think you're right. They're definitely going to throw more to the likes of Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, in that offense. Um, It's going to be a uh, wide receiver by committee. I love the bench on this team as well. I think underrated uh, part of fantasy is creating a solid bench for your team. Depth is key. James Cook, you know, I think he'll eventually overtake Singletary for that lead back role. Daryl Henderson, I think it's going to be more of a timeshare than people think. And he's an elite uh, insurance back, I'd say, in a Sean McVay offense where they love to have one running back, generally speaking. Rashad Bateman. I'm surprised Rashad Bateman's on the bench instead of Alan Lazard. This is one of those situations where I think Rashad is the wide receiver one in that offense. He's going to be treated like Hollywood Brown, even though they're different players. And I think Lamar is a proven commodity, maybe not through the air necessarily, but he's back. And that offense is going to take a leap because of that. Sky Moore, Christian Watson, great lottery tickets. Davis price. I don't know about that. Nikhil Harry, please. But, um, the rest of this looks very strong to me. And I think with some minor adjustments and staying kind of fluid throughout the season, this team can go all the way for sure. It's ranked number two for a reason.
1: I, I just, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think the bench of this team matters at all to me. I I think that Evan has always done well with filling up his bench with promising talent. I, I think that the bread and butter of this team lies in the core. Um, and this core squad has a lot of potential, but I mean, I, I saw Nick Chubb go on the waiver on the trade block last night, or was it two nights ago? It doesn't really matter. I, my brain's foggy. And I, I was just thinking, why? Why? You, you, you don't need to do that. And I, again, I think that this squad can win it all as long as, uh, as long as the wheels don't fall off.
0: Mm-hmm. Evan don't trade Nick Chubb I agree with that I don't know why I tried to pounce on that opportunity because I, I you know Nick Chubb's an amazing player he's underrated this year I do think Rashad Bateman underrated if you're putting him on your bench I would question that if you're putting Alan Lazard in the lineup over him mm, I don't know about that so that's my one critique if I had to critique his lineup Evan you're gonna do very well this season let's move on to the number three team on my list here oh would you would you look at that now let me say something real quick it was very, very painful and difficult for me to write about myself and to rank my own team. I ranked my own team last because it was so difficult for me. So maybe you can start me off, Quinn, with some uh, thoughts. How'd I do in my uh, self
1: awareness? I, I agree. I, I, I think that um, there's a lot of deliberation that goes on with your team because I think a lot of your talent in the last couple, uh, in the, like, the last season and a half, has uh, turned a bit murky, right? You know, you've got Calvin Ridley being suspended for a year unjustly, in my opinion, compared to um, the situation going on with Deshaun Watson. I know, I understand how money works. I understand where the liabilities come for the NFL, but I also think when you look at the disparity between the punishments given for what was actually done, I it bugs me. Um, regardless there, I do think that your, um, your your roster is going to be consistent no matter what, as is mine. You, The one thing that separates... Us from the top, in my opinion, is you and I at the at the core of our teams do not have the higher level talent as those top two do. I think that there, are, I think that Evan and Zach are clearly the upper echelon of this league, and you and I will probably hover in this three to five range all season, but we'll probably make it there because we pay more attention than everyone else, and that's really kind of what it comes down to. We've seen a lot of people starting to make waves, but it'll be interesting to see what happens from here. And so, in my opinion, the the rankings of three, four, five, and I'm not sure about number six yet. I think that that's I think that you, me, Troy are probably somewhere fighting for that three slot. And then the last spot in the playoffs is kind of up for debate. I do think hot take that shoot or shoot might be a tad overrated here. I think that Connor's a little overrated. You've definitely underrated Caleb, but I think that they're going to be the ones fighting for that last spot in the playoffs. But for my money, I would take the Muskie boys. But now that I've kind of given my overall thoughts on this kind of like the tier structure of where the rest of this kind of pans out to me. Um, I think that you and I have a lot of potential guys. I think we have a lot of the guys who have been having the hammer beat over the head all off season by fantasy analysts, by fantasy people. Um, just like the overall fantasy cognoscenti, you know, um, and there's not a there's not a, a hell of a lot to talk about that hasn't been talked about on other podcasts, for example, right? You know, mm-hmm. players like um, players like Eckler, players like AJ Brown, Darren Waller, Kadarius Tony, Damian Pierce, your Sanders, right? On my team, you've got your Elijah Mitchell's, your Deshaun Watson's on your team for some reason, right? Like all of these guys of. Uh, Honestly, been beaten over the head, and I think that there's not too much to talk about with our squads. Great, yeah, and you know I don't
0: need any fantasy advice. I already have all that running through my blood and my brain all the time, anyway. So here's where I'm at with my trade. I'm very excited that I got a trade done with a uh, local idiots, and my thinking was Cook, a bit of an injury risk. He's an elite running back when healthy, but um, yeah, I have that injury concern with him. I don't have Madison. That was a mistake in the draft, and. I also think that um, Cam Akers, he has the potential to really break out this season. That's the one I want to watch. I'm rooting for him. Um, But I want to see it first. And I'm especially worried about Henderson in the backfield. In this PPR format, I'm excited to welcome Pittman to the lineup. And hopefully he'll kind of batten down the hatches in that flex spot for me. And um, I just figured I'd rather have like a top wide receiver than another running back. Because I have suddenly a ton of depth at running back, which is honestly sneaky a way to lose the league is having too many running backs and not trading them away for value. And getting Derrick Henry on the team is never a bad thing. I think it's really interesting from just a football angle. Derrick Henry, I think, is a free agent after this year, and he got like a random $2 million raise or something. Uh,
1: what's going on there? What do you see with Derrick Henry's future in the league? You know, Derrick Henry, the thing about he, he's a titan through and through. There is no way that he, he will be a titan until the wheels fall off. Um, I think that talking about any free agency speculation where he might move, is a waste of time, frankly. And if I look, if I have to eat crow because something does happen, I think that would be um, something I'd be happy to do. Because as a Titans fan, I'm going to be the most plugged in on this situation. I, there's not a shot he moves anywhere um, and anywhere fast for that matter. Um, but it was good on you to start talking about some new names because I think that if we just harp on the same old things with our roster, I mean, I don't think a lot of our situations have changed. Um, I think Derrick Henry is gonna be the same old Derrick Henry. That's a good, it's a good call on you to bring him up. Michael Pittman, I think, has a chance to break into the top 10 of receivers. So pretty stupid trade for local idiots, in my opinion. Uh, I don't recall the garbage you sent back to him. What what was that? What who just Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook and um, Cam Akers. Dalvin Cook makes sense, but that seems more of a straight shot, straight swap to me with Derrick Henry. I think they both have some risk, but I think they're gonna both produce. However, the Cam Akers for Michael Pittman component of the deal is so silly to me. And local idiots have just proven their name correctly, in my opinion, because I think Michael Pittman is going to be a stud. And I think that Cam Akers has got more questions than positives um, going forward into the season, especially considering, you know, you got to pick up Cam Akers for 30 bucks and Michael Pittman was a keeper for him. He didn't even make it to the draft because there's a reason he shouldn't have. So thinking about things like that, um, I'll just quickly run through a couple guys who I brought in. Damian Pierce, right? Total Love. hype bunny. The mm-hmm. the hype bunny of the year for fantasy. We haven't gotten a chance to talk about him on this podcast, obviously, because we've been out. But um, he's run like an absolute maniac. Took Marlon Mack's job and kicked him to the curb. He's not even on the team anymore. Uh, Rex Burkhead is the primary backup. And it looks like Damian Pierce is going to get all the work. Just got all the talent. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. Kadarius Tony, the, uh, the namesake of this team, is back um, for like, I don't remember, like three bucks uh can't say no at that point and it lets me keep my uh keep my my profile picture (laughs) for the fantasy league and uh he's extremely talented but he's also there's also a chance that he just doesn't play a game this season so I think that those (laughs) those likelihoods are honestly both about the same to me so it'll be funny to see how that plays out um Miles Sanders I think is extremely underrated in this league he went for 24 bucks um as the first pick in our draft and I think that part of that Uh, discount that I got for him was because people didn't understand how to bid yet. However, I also think there's a lot of low opinions on him. You know, we've got people who are equating their like last pick to Miles Sanders and saying that he's not even as good as that. And I think Miles Sanders is probably the RB1, RB2. Sorry, if you count Jalen Hurts as the RB1. And that's a funny joke that goes around, but it's kind of true as well. Um, But he has a wonderful like 5.2 yards per carry going for him. Um, he's the best back in that backfield. Kenneth Gainwell, truthers, you can come at me. Um, I, I think that there's a chance that Miles Sanders takes the job and just blows up this year. But I also think that there is risk baked in, obviously, with the price. And then uh, Mr. Only a Flesh Wound, Brian Robinson, who uh, took the job from Antonio Gibson, and Antonio Gibson called a hit on, on him. So you got that going for him.
0: Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, I love how you kind of, tactfully shifted this focus to your team um and you know rightfully so there's a ton of great pieces you've already mentioned i think um brian robinson is very exciting especially gabe davis let's talk about that that's a value right there gabe davis people forget he scored what four touchdowns and like over 200 yards in like a final bills game at the end of the season last season insane Um, and he's going to be the wide receiver too cole beasley's gone and i don't know who else they have they don't have much depth there actually Uh, and you know josh allen's going to throw and DJ Moore, underrated wide receiver. Um, Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback he's ever played with. It's going to be great. But I don't understand about your roster, though, Quinn, I will say. Oh, Saquon Barkley, also underrated back. I think he's going to be really good in the Brian Dayball system here. And he's hoping to, you know, prove that he deserves a long-term deal. Uh, Miles Sanders, though, I do have concerns. Jalen Hurts runs. Uh, they just got a new toy with A.J. Brown, who's a great red zone weapon. And is still there. And I just don't know. This team does like to run, but... Uh, he, he, he did get very unlucky with touchdowns last season. He didn't score a single one, I think. That's going to change, but um, I do have my concerns. And Pacheco, I think, is an interesting one. I don't know if I believe the hype surrounding that guy. And I don't get – I mean, Winston, you know I love Winston as QB1 um, in the Saints. And I think he's going to have a better year than last year. But um, Matt Ryan, I don't see why you need him. And Pacheco, I, I, I don't see why you need those players. So other than that, I think it's a strong team.
1: So here's what it comes down to, right? Jameis, I lucked my way into him. He was one of my choices there at the end. And I had him in my queue and I was, you know, on the beach during the draft, humble brag. And I must've turned my phone off for a second and it auto-picked him and I got him for a buck. Um, which is great because I think Jameis Winston has the upside to be in the top like eight of quarterbacks. He also has the chance that he might get benched. You never really know with Jameis. And that's kind of the, that's the ride with him. You you sign up for that. Matt Ryan's there in case that doesn't work out. You know, I think there's a negative outcome with Jameis, but I'm I'm going to ride it and we're going to see what happens. And Pacheco's just a lottery ticket. The thing is, is you'll notice my bench. I think I have like five or six running backs on it. I, I've lost track at this point because running back equity is kind of key in fantasy. You were talking about how you don't want to have a bunch of running backs on your bench, but, you know, in uh, in five weeks after half the league starting running backs are hurt and out for some time or potentially the year, people are going to come knocking. And uh, I'll be here to listen to your offers when you do. Great. No, I think that's a very
0: fine mindset. I just know from last season, I felt like, oh, I, I realized over time, running backs just aren't that valuable in PPR unless they're pass-catching experts like Eckler, Saquon, you know, Swift, I'd put in that category. Pass catching running backs are so much better in PPR. Um, I'd also like to point out, you know, the comparison between Jameis and Trey Lance. Um, you know, this is kind of an awkward transition, but I do want to talk about Trey Lance, um, who is also kind of a, a quarterback with a bit of a, you know, short leash, I think. So I, that's why I have Kirk Cousins. I don't generally like having two quarterbacks on a team. I think it's a waste of a spot in your bench, but with Trey Lance, he has huge upside, but also he could get benched. Jimmy G is still in the building, which is weird. Um, and then Dalton Schultz. I know you love Dalton Schultz. I was buying the hype. Um, I think that I'm looking around in this Dallas offense. I don't know who else they're going to throw to. So I think Schultz at the tight end spot will be an interesting ride. I address a position of need. You know, I feel okay uh, about my team. Kareem Hunt, good running back depth. Jahan Dotson, another a lottery ticket that looked really good in college. Devonta
1: Smith, you know, he could take a leap with aj brown taking away who mind you you've sent uh, trade offers to get off your team maybe 10 times so maybe you should uh, be honest with yourself and uh, acknowledge the risk there
0: there is risk there i know i'm trying to be optimistic but i yeah exactly and deshaun watson is there because he's in timeout. i know that that's a, a topic of discussion i just don't want anyone else to play deshaun watson this season uh, i want to keep him there on the bench he needs to think about what he's done and believe me, he will not crack my roster no matter what. And Ridley's there just in case everything goes you know, upside down and I need a keeper for next season. But that's my thinking. Anyway, we've talked about our two teams for so much longer.
1: <laughs> okay, I do have one final thought, though. I have to throw in um, okay. on the back end of this conversation just to kind of finalize my point about running backs. There are probably six teams in the league. I'm not going to call you out. Who have serious question marks in their top two running backs and when they're going to be starting guys who are going to only put up eight points a game we will see who needs who needs the help and it'll be really interesting to see what happens and that's 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 disregarding injuries entirely so what i i agree with you that having them on your bench for too long playing running backs in the flex wide receivers inherently are more valuable in ppr that is not a question however teams always need running backs because you have to play a running back in one of those two slots. And if you have injury, if you didn't, if you missed the boat, you will need one. You have to play one every week. And if you don't have one, it's kind of like having a bad tight end. You are just at an inherent disadvantage. Mm -hmm. I mean, a couple of, I totally agree. I think running backs
0: um, get injured so often. Like you can kind of, any running back you have, you can guarantee they're going to miss like at least one, two games on average um, a season, which is Could be costly for your team if you don't have depth. I do think PPR uh, settings require that you have a wide receiver in the flex slot over running back. That's a conclusion I've come to this season. That's why I traded for Michael Pittman, to be honest. And um, yeah, I I do think uh, everything you said is totally fair. And I'm shocked that you don't have an issue with me ranking myself above you.
1: Again, I, I, my, my take here is that you, you could rank Troy ahead of both of us. You can rank me as one, Troy as two, you as three. I really wouldn't have much complaint about that because I think we're, I think it's more about tiers than solid rankings because I could, I could argue any which way about all three of our teams, to be fair.
0: I love that. You know, tier-based ranking, I really think is the way to go. I think, you, especially when you look at the ESPN rankings, think about it in terms of tiers. There's a huge drop-off from like a uh, Tyreek Hill to a Mike Evans. I think there's a huge drop-off there. Like, that's just an example that I just came up with off the top of my head. So, just think critically, watch the games, think about the stats. Um, yeah, just use your brain, I'd say. Don't just trust the rankings blindly. Um, that's what good fantasy managers do. And speaking of good fantasy managers, Troy's team ranked number fifth. You know, uh, it's interesting his team name is still three Pete because, uh, you know, I think he kind of lost to you in the first round of the playoffs last season. You were, your team was just a zombie squad
1: annihilating giants right 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 after right before i knocked you out correct yeah i think that's correct so um troy's team i think troy's team has a ton of potential he's got a nice sleeper in dawson knox he's got ezekiel elliott coming back david montgomery is a mainstay on the squad i think darnell mooney was at a savvy savvy pickup t higgins has a ton of potential Devontae parker in the slot is interesting to me However, I think that that's going to probably be either T. Higgins or Mooney by the time Chris Godwin comes back. Or, and I think Sutton should be starting over him immediately. The, all of that being said, Troy succeeds no matter what. You, you can't doubt this man. And even though he will not be able to 3 that streak has been broken, and he needs to change his name as soon as possible. Uh, I, he's got a good squad. He's got a lot of depth. And it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the season goes um, for him. And I think I I don't have a lot else to say. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a mainstay in
0: this league. He's a champ for a reason, you know, he could still win this season and then he he will have won three out of the four seasons. Um, So, you know, don't rule him out. He, he loves to, he does his damage in the shadows when you count him out. So but it is concerning. it it is concerning. It's got my kind of eyebrow raised that he's still named his team 3P. It kind of shows a lack of attention to detail, um, maybe. Uh, maybe he's paying less attention than previous seasons. Who knows? Anyway, Josh Allen, we all know who he is. Zeke Elliott, though, that's the name I kind of want to zone in on for a second because people are saying, like, Zeke's done, Zeke's cooked, Zeke's looked bad. He did look bad last season. He was playing through an injury. I am optimistic about Zeke. Think about who the Cowboys let go of Amari Cooper they're going to have to throw to somebody. It's going to be Zeke, and Zeke will be playing with a battered offensive line. So that's not great, but this team is going to put up points. This team is desperate. Jerry Jones needs this team to get to a Super Bowl uh, before he dies, frankly. Um, so I think, honestly, and that was a bit dark. I, Jones, yeah, that did get dark. <laughs> Jones, Jerry Jones, Jones, you know, I love you, man. Like I, you have such passion for the game and your and your Cowboys. So I really want your Cowboys to get over the hump here. But I think Zeke Elliott will be the engine to this team. Tony Pollard, though, underrated back. Uh, it'll be more of a timeshare than people care to admit. And Dawson knocks him a little out on. I don't know. I think it was a little fluky. He is best friends with Josh Allen. So maybe there's something there. You know, it's a tight end position. Uh, Devontae Parker, I would not put in the in the flex. That's what concerns me. I mean, pick take your pick of anyone on his bench. Cortland Sutton, Chris Godwin. Like, I'd take either of those easily in the wide receiver, uh, the flex spot. Like, come on now. What are we doing here? And Darnell Mooney is the only option in Chicago he's going to eat. I don't know why you have Jarek McKinnon on your roster. I don't know why you have – I mean, Hines is like an elite backup, I guess, but is he really going to take the whole load if Jonathan Taylor, something were to happen to him? Khalil Herbert, I get that. Um, it's a good handcuff, but, you know, some question marks, especially at the flex spot. But otherwise – very
1: solid roster. All right. So I think that we're going to now be breaking into the final spot of the playoffs slash little man mainstays. And uh, before we take a quick break and go to commercial, I think we should start off with your number six ranked, uh, number six ranked team. And I think you should, you need to defend this placement because I think this is the biggest discrepancy on the list in my opinion. And uh, I'm happy to go into why, but I think you should make the argument as to why this team belongs where they are.
0: Great. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that this team has some definite issues. Well, let's not
1: bury the lead. I don't know if I it, this is
0: shooter shoot. Shooter shoot. Yeah. So Charlie Myers' team. Um I think he has a great team overall. I'm looking at it. I'm trying to think about why I ranked him 6. I think I have respect for you. I have respect for Troy. Charlie you know, little man champ. I don't really respect that as a credential. Like, okay, cool. You beat up on some, some schmoes. Like, all right, what are you going to do in the big man playoffs? So I think basically I need to see it before I rank him any higher than that, especially this, considering this is my first exercise doing this power ranking completely arbitrarily. Um, looking at this team. If I had to highlight some names that I'm concerned about James Connor, he's going to have touchdown regression. It's just going to happen. Like, I know you love him Quinn, but like he had like an insane amount of touchdowns last season, Josh Jacobs. I'm not super sold on him. He was like RB12 because everyone got injured. He was healthy, like 16 games. And so that's why he was RB12. But, you know, he's a kind of a RB2. Mike Evans is a touchdown machine or bust. Like Devontae Adams has a new team. Um, AJ Dillon, like I like his bench. AJ Dillon is a great ba- a running back that could be start worthy or at least flex worthy most weeks, even with um, Jones in there. But why the heck does this man have three quarterbacks? And Melvin Gordon is a ghost. Like, he is not a good back, and he's Javante Williams is going to take that job. Amari Cooper, he's the only option in Cleveland, but he has Jacoby
1: Reset throwing him passes. I don't know about that, man. So let's get out of the weeds here. Okay. This man has three quarterbacks on his roster for absolutely no reason. Give me one reason why Tua and Ryan Tanhill both need to be on this team. I have none, right? Like, I don't need that. That was a rhetorical question because there's literally no reason rostering a second quarterback on your roster. Hey, for all of you bimbos who have more than two quarterbacks, there is only one reason to have two quarterbacks. And that is if you have serious questions about whether or not you can start your number one quarterback every single game of the season, because the waiver wire has plenty of perfectly fine options who can service you during a bye week the discrepancy between your starter and having a backup quarterback is just not worth it. Look, if you want to say Tua is a height, fine, do it. But if you have Russell Wilson, you don't need him there. You can use that roster spot on somebody on the waiver wire. You can get a handcuff. You can get a lottery ticket. There's plenty of options here, but that's not even getting into the actual problems I have with the core roster. I think Josh Jacobs went from being a three down back to a two down back, maybe like one and a half, because we've got rookie Zemir White who's coming in and they're talking about how he's going to share some of the early down work because they like him so much. They're in New England. Sorry, did I say New England? It must have been, you know, a bit of a slip there because the truth is, is Josh McDaniels is turning this into the New England offense. Josh Jacobs is now going to be looking at a Damian Harris type role. It's It's true. Zamir White is stepping in as the Ramondre Stevenson of this offense. And Amir Abdullah is going to have a James White-like presence in the passing game. The upside is very limited for him, and I'm not super excited about it. Mike Evans, touchdown dependent, we covered that. Devontae Adams, at the end of the day, he was getting every pass funneled to him by Aaron Rodgers, and now it's going to be Derek Carr. You know, that guy per Tom Brady, that guy, right? Gerald Everett, I, th- I think he's a fun sleeper, but I think he's going to be competing with Donald Parham for targets. And there's only so many mouths, you know, Mr. 7,000 yards Justin Herbert can fill. And his, the, the bench looks okay. It looks fine. But um, I, I think that six is a huge overrate here. And I'd be more concerned about um, the Muskie boys who are really fighting hard this season already. And even foss Boss with the O-Delta variant. So uh, we will get back into that right after our break. And uh, we will dive into that.
0: All right, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the ad break. Um, Some closing thoughts for Charlie, uh, my buddy, my former roommate. J.K. Dobbins, big question mark, big injury concern. I hope he'll be back for the second half of the season, but he does not deserve to be in your flex spot right now. Uh, Van Jefferson, cut that guy. Uh, Amari Cooper, good. But I think there's waiver wire additions that could make your team even stronger. And but you're a contender, Charlie. I don't care that Quinn doesn't believe in you. Make note of that. I believe in you enough to put you number six. Let's talk about number seven, my trade partner, my BFF, your cousin, Connor. What do you think of his team?
1: You know, um, I, uh, I love my cousin. I'm really glad he's here. I'm glad that he's already making waves, and I cannot wait to see what this looks like. You, you've rated him in the uh, upper echelon of this league um, and he's yet to, uh, play a, he's let's play a game against anybody. And, uh, he's got a tough matchup against the Rainier Buttchugs, butt And I can't wait to go through those matchups towards the end of the podcast. But, uh, looking, looking here, um, this, uh, this baby faced head coach in your words, not mine, uh, is coming in with a, with a nice little team that he inherited from CT, you know, uh, Kyler Murray, Travis Kelsey, and then, uh, Pittman and Derrick Henry, who he shipped off to you for um, Dalvin cook and some garbage. Um, I hope Cam makers does better than this. I just am a little scared. Um, however, going into this, right. We've got some interesting players. We've got solid wide receiver, Robert Woods, who I do like Brandon. Ayuk, who people are talking about as a breakout candidate. However, I'm not sure I see it unless Trey Lance can really support more than three fantasy relevant players. And Lamar Jackson can't even do that. So I'm not exactly sure how Trey Lance is going to pull that off. Um, so I believe that IU hype when I see it, Raheem most hurt, probably going to be injured by week two, Mike Davis, um, garbage you picked up off the wire. Jacoby Myers is a fun little sleeper. Um, I like him best of the waiver wire garbage that you're throwing around at uh, everybody with your inane trade trade offers. So, you, you know, you'd think that you're Jamie's cousin with the way he behaved so far, but it's, you know, nice to see you get action in there. Christian Kirk is the name that I see on this, uh, this bench that I like the most because of how much money he was given. And, uh, hopefully, you know, for some people in the league, Trevor Lawrence takes a jump. I personally hope he doesn't do anything because, uh, go Titans. And, um, yeah, Deandre Hopkins, my sloppy seconds, who's not even be playing for the first half of the season. And, uh, Hopefully Kyler Murray remember remember he's there, you know, when he's, you know, pausing the game right after halftime of his Madden game. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. What do you what do you think?
0: I was very impressed by Kyler Murray calling the plays in the preseason games. I think he is really trying to shake this narrative. He's gonna be angry and ready to roll this season. I want to talk about some names that maybe you didn't talk about. Russell Gage, what are you doing in the starting lineup? Um, that concerns me because that's at best wide receiver three maybe when Godwin's healthy, they got Julio Jones in there. Like he does not deserve to start over the likes of, um, you know, the names you mentioned, Robert Woods, Jacoby Myers, even Christian Kirk. I take all these guys over Russell Gage. And I think that there is an issue with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like that guy needs to be cut immediately. Um, It's a classic example of like the scoring in this league, like the NFL.com system likes to like come up with random numbers that are completely inaccurate. And I think DPJ, was victim of a huge overestimation in terms of what he's going to produce week one. So don't buy into the just the random numbers on this site. And I agree with you with pretty much every other take. I am a little worried about Robert Woods. I went back through some Titans stats, and I think um, the Titans do not throw it nearly enough um, to support two wide receivers. So if you're buying the hype uh, on Traylon Burks, I believe that's the Titans rookie, um, then he's going to be the one. And I don't know if they have enough Juice there to support Robert Woods as well. But otherwise, I mean, Dalvin Cook's going to be in here. Uh, and I also think that Akers is more talented than you are saying. Uh, and Mike Davis might be the starting running back, you know, week one. Raheem Moster deserves to be cut as well. And Cordero Patterson, I'd say be careful with him because they're trying to replace him. I think. I don't think they see him as the long term answer. However, he could be that gadget player, that pass catching running back that has major value, at least in the start of the season. But I like what this uh, this kid's doing, you know?
1: It's cute. It truly is. But um, I, I I think that we I think we've covered it. And I kind of want to get into uh, the Muskie Boys and what they have done this offseason because I I think that they're the biggest sleeper team in this league right now, at least to you. I, I think other people are giving this team the respect it deserves. However, he's got some he's got some iffy players, but he's got some players that I'm really confident in too, right? He's retained Joe Mixon, who I was poo-pooing on last year. But now that the Bengals offense has turned into a whole different entity than it used to be, in addition to adding on the offensive line, I think there's no way Joe Mixon doesn't um, have probably top five running back numbers. Javante Williams is a great hype bunny, uh, largely overrated, considering that I think he really will have a 50-50 split with Melvin Gordon again. That staff loves Melvin Gordon, and he's arguably more effective than Javante Williams, So I really, I I would be scared if he was my RB1, but at RB2, I think that there's nothing to worry about, especially when you have Rashad Penny um, waiting in the wings, because he might end up being your RB2 anyway. I'd be scared about Jerry Judy, um, because I think Cortland Sutton's the man there, which is why he needs to um, be in Troy's starting lineup immediately. And I think Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase, not much to talk about there. Kyle Pitts had a great season last year, and that was probably his worst case scenario. I'm excited to see what that looks like for him. It'll be interesting to see what the roster looks like once Aaron Rodgers is reflected on the roster or, and if he starts over Trevor Lawrence and whether Trevor Lawrence makes his way to the wire because it'll be it, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens there because I think that those are both startable quarterbacks, but I also am purely against rostering both um, because Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys you plug in and you know what he's going to do for you. Um, getting into his bench, he's got some nice lottery tickets. Chase Claypool looks to have a nice bounce back season because he's going to play primarily in the slot, which will help him because it'll, um, it'll design more open looks for him. Jarvis Landry is kind of a fantasy staple of consistency. However, I think that he's going to be outperformed by Chris Alave and Jarvis Landry won't have much of a role, especially if Michael Thomas ends up panning out. Um, but if not Jarvis Landry will do what he always does, which is catch a million balls, which is great in PPR. I don't know what Noah Fant's doing on the roster, really at all. I think that pickup was made today. Maybe he can shed some light on that for us. But um, getting Jamison Williams into his injured reserve uh, is a classic, classic Muskie boys look. And looking at the youth on this team, there's a lot to be excited about, not only this season but going forward too. I he's this he has a uh, a staple win now and later team for a uh, keeper league like the one that we're in.
0: Yeah, I I love this, and I, just to touch on some points you you mentioned, Joe Mixon made a huge mistake personally um, choosing Chris Carson over him. He's elite. I love the move. You couldn't sh-
1: predict what happened to Chris Carson. I know you kick yourself over that, but you really can't predict that.
0: I guess. Um, and Mixon had injury concerns, you know. But, so I it's it's fine. Uh, that's just kind of what I do. But Trevor Lawrence, I think obviously getting Aaron Rodgers in the building, um, shipping away, you know. A lottery ticket, a really good player in Traylon Burks, who has like the green light from the Titans to be the wide receiver one. You know, it's a hefty price to pay, but Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. People are sleeping on him. He's a huge upgrade at a much needed position for this team. Um, Trevor Lawrence needs to hit the waiver wire immediately as soon as that way, that trade goes through. DJ Chark, let's talk about him. I mean, real quick, he's, he's a speedster. He's going to do really well in this offense, I think, as well. Just a lot of really high upside, really smart, heady moves by this team. I do agree. Maybe I, re- I rank them a little low. But, um, you know, I think, I think let's see it. Let's see the pieces come together. And I'm excited to see how active they've been in the Discord and everything. So, you know, let's see it. I, I really think this week one matchup will be a litmus test for them. They're going up against the champs. Let's see how they do here.
1: The DJ Chark ownership on the roster is really savvy from Muskie Boys because DJ Chark's, he's probably going to have a nice little deep role if you ever really need to get him in there. If there's a, barring any injury, of course, to the starting lineup, which we don't, we don't hope for at all. Because as soon as Jameson Williams comes back and takes that role from DJ Chark, you don't have to roster him anymore. So it's kind of a get that role now and you get it later, depending on how valuable that actually pans out on being. Do you want to tackle uh, the, who, in my opinion, is the final member of this tier that we've been talking about, where, you know, they might be fighting for that last playoff spot.
0: Yeah, let's talk about him. Foss boss, you know. Let's uh let's talk about this team, delta variant. So, of course, we have Najee Harris, uh, stands out as like an elite running back who's gonna get so much volume. I think he's one of those running backs that's like on the field for 90% of snaps or more. It's just insane, especially in this, you know, Pittsburgh offense. It's gonna, it's on the up and up.
1: He had he actually had 926 or 27 snaps last season, which um, compared to what we actually believe and like everybody else, it's by far the most usage at all, ever. And he doesn't really matter how much he plays because with how much they have him on the field and how much they go to him, um, he's going to put up points no matter what. He's the staple of consistency. Totally.
0: I love him. Deontay Johnson, you know, there's a a Steelers flair to this team. George Pickens on the bench. I mean, he's going to be, he's going to blow up. Chris Boswell, like, I love the Steelers flavor to it, keeping that fandom, but, you know, not letting it kind of overtake the roster, uh, which we'll get to later with Ian's team, potentially. Um, And I think, you know, they got some great pieces here. Uh, Leonard Fournette, you know, I think he's going to be another solid running back. Matthew Stafford, I think, is a fine quarterback. Like, he's a Super Bowl champion. Like, he'll be a steadying force. Brandon Cooks, you know, you know what Brandon Cooks does. Every year, it's wide receiver two numbers, more weeks than not in the, in the bench, you know, Michael Gallup, he could be potentially the, the wide receiver too in that offense. Like people are sleeping on him. James Robinson, you know, he was elite. He's been elite the last couple of seasons he's injured, but I think he's a great, at least an insurance back uh, where you kind of lose me with this team. I mean, Tyler Boyd, another underrated receiver where you lose me is Hunter Henry as the tight end. You can't feel good about that. Um, there has to be better options. Um, and I, I think Nicole Hardman in the flex, I would definitely put anyone besides Michael Hardman in there let, let, let's put I mean Pickens Gallup Boyd take your pick Robinson even I would put in there over uh, that player and Derek Carr you don't need to hold on to two quarterbacks uh, Foster just get rid of Carr get rid of Foreman I'd argue I mean he's he, he yeah, actually he's a pretty good uh, handcuff running back I take that back keep Foreman get rid of Carr Um, and you got something here get rid of Henry get rid of Hardman I don't know like it, uh, pretty strong team overall though but depth could be a concern what are your thoughts
1: you know I don't have a ton of thoughts on this roster. I think that um, this is another roster that's going to rely on a, on a really strong two running backs, um, a lot of wide receiver talent. Um, but if I think if something goes down with one of those two running backs, I'd, be, I'd definitely be more nervous for the squad. I think that there's a chance that this isn't the most egregious two quarterback situation to me in the league, because when you're looking at it from the perspective of other ones, right? Um, there is fear with Matthew Stafford that he might not be totally healthy, right? That he's going to be dealing with an injury all year from uh, lingering from last season. So I think that having Derek Carr, there as an option if Matthew Stafford doesn't perform is okay for the first couple of seasons, but I think you do need to make a decision at some point. However, I kind of, I, I I'm licking my chops at uh, getting the opportunity to discuss butt fumble who uh, to me uh, leads us into the final tier, right? Which is kind of uh, the the best of the rest, right? All of the all the guys who are pretty much doomed for little man playoffs in our eyes. Is that a good way to describe this tier?
0: I would say so. I mean this this head coach has demonstrated himself uh, and conducted himself in a way that is questionable. You know there are questions swirling around this this head coach and GM um, and that partnership there. I mean. And just, let's just talk about the team. Let's not even talk about the extracurriculars that this, this gentleman has been up to this offseason. But Brees Hall, I mean, there's a huge Jets flavor to this team, which concerns me because the Jets have not been relevant for several seasons. Zach Wilson's injured. He's off, you know, dating uh, his friend's mother. Um, he might be distracted. He might not be the guy in New York. Um, Brees Hall, I love though. I think he's going to eventually overtake Michael Carter, but it will be a timeshare in the beginning. Elite talent. Elijah Moore, elite talent as well. I think he's underrated. Uh, Michael Carter on the bench though it's kind of like he's, he's hedging his bets a little bit here if he really was a Brees Hall believer why is Michael Carter on the roster you know it makes me question it I like that Brees Hall's at the lineup now though um, Garrett Wilson too I don't know about this Jets flavor of the team Joe Burrow you know Joe Cool is going to carry this team uh, Kenyon Drake really concerns me in the running back spot I'd rather have Michael Carter in that spot definitely and then you got Dallas Goddard, my guy at tight end. I love that. Tyree Killen, a new look offense. I think he's really going to help Tua take it to the next level. Uh, and Terry McLaurin, you know, great, uh, perfect example of a great flex. Like that's, he's a great player. He's, he's like a easily a borderline wide receiver one in that offense. It's only going to get better with um, Carson Wentz, I think, who will be the best quarterback of his career. Aaron Rodgers uh, on the bench for now. I know he's being shipped out of town for Traylon Burks. That's a smart move. Savvy move by butt fumble, I will say get that high upside lottery ticket on your bench. Just like Rashad White, I'd say is a nice handcuff. We've talked about handcuffs in the past and Juju Smith-Schuster, another example of, he could be like wide receiver one in the Chiefs offense. He could be Jalen Tolbert. He could break out in that Cowboys offense. There's room there. Uh, So overall, you know, there are some pieces. That's why he's ranked pretty high considering like where he's been at, you know, in the Neanderthal era, uh, you know, in a different Jurassic age for, for several seasons now, it seems. Uh, so where do you come down on butt fumble? I know you've had your run-ins with this, this head coach in the past.
1: I I like the callback. I think that, um, I don't think it's close in the head case, head coach rankings. This guy's, uh, this guy's easily in the top tier as far as, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. The leader of the not my commission movement. I know uh, Jamie, you and I talked about not bringing this up and giving credence to it, but whatever. It's funny, and uh, all he is is noise at the end of the day. So, no, no reason not to not to giggle at it. Uh, as far as actual fantasy analysis, Dallas Goddard, um, he's he's your hype bunny tight end, and it's funny that you went with my hype bunny tight end with Dalton Schultz, but I actually do have a very high opinion of Dallas Goddard I, that I've come around on because of um, what he's shown when he has the opportunity. Again, though. Being the third offense for J- third uh, option for the receiving from Jalen Hurts probably is a is a questionable role. Um, this team has too much receiver talent. I, there's there's not a lot of times when I'm going to look at a team and be like they have too much or something, but it's too there's too much right. Kenyon Drake has no business being in the starting lineup. He's probably not going to be the starting running back for Baltimore. Um, I think that this is going to be a situation where he probably does need to start Michael Carter and Brees Hall. And the reason I say that is because I think their workload is going to be a similar one to Melvin Gordon and uh, Jamonte Williams. Um, I think that you need to start on both because I think that the likelihood is, is that they're going to get an equal share of snaps. I think they're going to have an equal role. And one of them is going to score a touchdown. The other one probably won't betting on how the Jets play. And I think that your best option, even though it limits your running back upside, is to just play them both and get the safety that, hey, maybe one of these guys is going to have 15 points this week, and the other one's going to have eight, and then I'm just going to let my wide receivers and tight ends roll. That being said, Juju feels like a waste to have on your bench. Um, he looks like he's going to have a ton of upside in this Kansas City offense, and I like him. as a. I think he's a nice, comfortable flex. So I would start shopping him around and seeing what you can get. And I think that acquiring Traylon Brooks is cute, but. The reality is, is you're probably not going to be able to put him into your lineup. He's not Tyreek Kill. He's not Elijah Moore, and he's not Terry McLaurin. So I think that there's going to need, there needs to be a move made here before I actually consider him as being a fighter for that last big man playoff spot, or even a contender for the little man champion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think savvy move though, shipping Aaron Rodgers out of town for another high upside uh, wide receiver. But again, you're, maybe you're playing too much into that issue. You have too many wide receivers, um, yeah, decisions have to be made for this team. All right, let's move on to the next player uh, team. I mean, uh, Deshaun's massage parlor, uh, you know, a very classy team name here. Um, and this is coming from somebody who's rostering Deshaun. I-, I will admit that. Um, But my intentions are completely different. My intentions are to keep him on the bench and not even on the bench, keep him on the IR slot until, you know, week, whatever, when he starts and then Basically, I just don't want anybody to play Deshaun this this season because I I'm I'm disturbed by what he stands for. So this team name um, has me a little upset. Uh, but you know, maybe this is one of those instigator uh, types head coaches who who loves to kind of go against the grain here. I mean, he's got some real uh, spicy players on here. We got Debo Samuel, George Kittle. We know who they are. Lamar Jackson back in a contract year. He's going to be huge this season. Uh, and then we have questions. It kind of goes off a cliff here with the team. Uh, Drake London should be in the starting lineup at this point because Tyler Lockett is boom bust and he's having Geno Smith, who I like into a warm glass of milk, having his passes thrown by this man. Uh, So I have serious concerns about Lockett. Singletary, I think is going to get beat out for the job by um, James Cook. Uh, Marquez Valdez, Scantling Jesus. I'm just going to say MVS. uh, I see why people abbreviate his name. Why is he in the flex spot? I don't know. He's largely unproven wherever he's been. Um, I think there are smart players. Why is Mariota on this team? Why is Galladay on this team? Apparently he's moving like a mannequin. J.D. McKissick, fine. Yeah, he could have some pass catching value. Cole Komet, why do you have two tight ends when you have George Kittle? Just a lot of questions on this team for me. Like I don't really know what what I'm looking at. There's some shiny objects, but besides from that, it's very murky.
1: The thing about um, good old Zach's team is he's been working with not a lot. To his credit, In the opening inaugural season of this Keeper League, he auto-drafted, and uh, he's been working to catch up ever since. And I think that that is something he's still working on. I haven't gotten to the point where I've seen him break into the echelon of like, hey, you know, this guy might sneak into the playoffs. My biggest concern right now, the two most productive players on this team from like a fantasy point potential standpoint to me, Debo Samuel and George Kittle are both – competing for the same role for a quarterback who's just, um, unproven, you know, he's probably the worst passer in the league, um, of all the starting quarterbacks. So I'm extremely concerned that one of their roles are going to get hemorrhaged. I think Tony Pollard's cute. I think he's a really nice stash, especially if he's going to have points this year. I think eventually when Zeke moves on, I think Tony Pollard's got RB1 status written all over him. So I think he's a good guy to have. Lamar's Lamar, he's a fantasy cheat code, and he's going to continue to do what he does. But there's a lot of questions on this roster, like a ton. And I think that it's primarily at the running back role and in the flex spot role. And I think if you can get a serious upgrade there, then maybe I'll reconsider and be able to consider you as a uh, just more of a contender than you currently are. I just, I'm not seeing it at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Some closing thoughts here. Kittle's the one that's going to lose out, I think. Um, They're trying to use Samuel as a running back and wide receiver. It's built into his contract. He's incentivized to score touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. Kittle is a great blocker. They love to use him there. That's why he has games where he kind of disappears. Pollard, great uh, choice to start him here because I think he's going to be more involved than people think. Singletary will have a good start to the season, but I'm very concerned as the season goes on. Madison is an elite stash. Get rid of Mariota. Get rid of Komet. Get rid of Galladay. And you've got something here. Get rid of MVS. There's lots of slop that you need to clean up on this team if you're this uh, coach. All right, um, moving on here to the absolute bottom of my rankings here. We got Mason. And my big concern with Mason, uh, as I pull up his team, has this man even remembered his password? Is he still locked out of his own building here? That's a bad look as a head coach.
1: So it's actually a worse look for you as a, uh, as a fantasy analyst for this league because he did draft his team. He, he's here. He's awake. And uh, he's ready to ready to show you some stuff. This is my uh, this is my real curveball for you. You are really down on this man because you think he's asleep. You think he's not paying attention. Am I right? Correct. Looking at his team, you can see glimmers of uh, of a sleeping giant. To be honest, I am extremely concerned about Antonio Gibson. Being someone who's owned Antonio Gibson most of his career, um, I shift him off for a reason. But it got so so much worse afterwards. He's getting beat out for the running back role by Brian Robinson. There's reports of him being the um, punt block um, flyer, which is the person who runs past the um, people to try to go tackle the guy returning the punt. So he's not even being the returner here. We've got major concern over Tyler Higby, who, while he plays a lot, doesn't really get targeted much. Matt Stafford doesn't love throwing to the tight end very much. Um, Baker Mayfield is no place on this roster. And those are like the biggest question marks, obviously. And this is kind of thematic of the, uh, the generally the bottom of the league teams, right, is they have running back needs. But CEH is back on the roster. Uh, Mason's first pick ever for the Keeper League when he was a rookie in the first round didn't pan out. But I do see a bounce back year from CEH, despite the fact that I own Isaiah Pacheco, who I believe might overtake him at some point. I do think CEH is severely underrated, and for the price that Mason got him, there's no reason he should be disappointed by having him back. Dak Prescott lights it up on the field. Amon Ross St. Brown, going to do quite a bit of work for that Detroit offense, no matter what. Um, He's a talented player. He creates some of the most separation in the league. Jalen Waddell, lovely, lovely rookie and very underrated, considering the fact that people just don't believe in his role anymore. But he's a good player, and he deserves To be recognized as one, he was awesome for Mason's team last year and the sneaky moments where he woke up. But I think he's here. He has DK Metcalf on the roster, who's a cool and great ad, not only for this season, who and because Gino does like DK, but also going forward because once a rookie comes in and steps in, they're gonna have DK Metcalf kind of going into his prime, and I think that he's gonna be awesome. I think that clearly. Um, local idiots made a big mistake keeping Pittman over DK Metcalf, especially when he traded Pittman away like that. So I I, I think that despite the fact that this team needs running back help, like a lot of the teams at the bottom of the league, I am much more bullish on this team than you are.
0: You know, you really talked me into them uh, being a contender because... You know, last time I checked, Mason was asleep at the wheel. And if head coach uh, Mason is able to finally get the keys to the building and open the door and finally walk in and start coaching his team, I mean, that's a game changer right there. So no respect, disrespect intended there, head coach uh, Mason. I do have concerns though about T.J. Hawkinson. What are you, what is he doing on the bench? Get that man in the lineup. Get rid of Tyler Higby, Michael Thomas. Get that man in the lineup. Like, come on, the upside is huge. I see you have really strong wide receiver talent, so maybe that's why he's not there. Great, maybe ship him away for a running back. That's a great piece to trade away. Jamal Williams, elite handcuff uh, running back. Uh, as Isaiah, Isaiah McKenzie, I don't know why he's on the roster. Really, Rondale Moore, I'm not a believer. So there's there's fat to be trimmed here as well, which is another theme of these kind of uh, bottom dwellers uh, teams. But uh I do have some concerns. But you know, there's huge potential here. So I think no disrespect intended. Glad that the sleeping giant is finally. Um, you know, semi awake and I'm looking forward to seeing it uh, manifest itself this season. So now Wait,
1: before, before you go into this, I actually, I, I have to interrupt because uh, I, I have to let you know that uh, the biggest reason that I know that the, that the, the sleeper is awoken is because someone else has taken his bed.
0: Whoa. Who, who's taken his bed?
1: What's the, going on here? The new, the, the next player that we're going to talk about, right? Christian mm-hmm. Odegaard new to the league has joined the league and he immediately fell asleep at the wheel. This man, despite confirming multiple times that he was going to be at the draft, auto-drafted his entire team. He's the only person who did it with no excuse made whatsoever. Not going to try to come down and act like he's the only one. However, he also is the only one who didn't, who confirmed that he'd be there and didn't show up. And uh, his team is entirely uh, generated by a computer. So there's no real confirmation that he's logged into this app. And uh, no confirmation that Christian's real, to be honest.
0: Wow. I like this narrative. Is Christian real? I think that maybe will light a fire under Head Coach Odegaard's uh, team, uh, and maybe raise them to new heights if he is in fact real, just like Mason. Um, you know, there's pieces here. Like, look, the computer—if it is a computer—that um, he's conspiring with, it did a good job. I think overall, Mahomes. You know, come on, he's he's got more to prove now. People are saying it's just because of Hill that he's had the success. Let's see it. He's probably going to be motivated. Kamara, I love Kamara as a pass-catching specialist. People are sleeping on him. People forget how talented he is in this new-look Saints offense. Allen Robinson, a bit of an overpay there. with I think, $69. Uh, the computer decided it was a reasonable amount to spend on this wide receiver, too. Um, I think he's going to have a great year. He's had a great training camp. Marquise Brown will hold down the fort in Arizona while D Hop is away. And then you got pieces, you know... Uh, that's kind of, I guess, where the pieces end. I'm trying to talk myself into these players. Friar Muth, yeah, if you squint, he's a fine tight end. Um, Nico Collins, yeah, could break out. Wondell Robinson could break out. I don't know why you have Albert O on the roster. Yeah, he needs to trim the fat here that, and, and fix this. Um, I know I've said trim the fat multiple times now, but it's it's a theme here. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell should not be starting. Daryl Williams should not be starting. There are some serious concerns here. There are two defenses on the team. Yeah, Daniel Jones is on the team. This is... This is a bit of a mess. And, you know, I, I'm optimistic. I hope that Christian will wake up here. Uh, I'm sure he's a good guy, but uh, his team needs him.
1: Yeah. Here's the thing uh, all of those players are rollovers from Brady Erickson last year. The only player that made it to this roster without being a keeper that I even recognize as being somebody I would want on my roster is Allen Robinson. Everyone else here, I, Really don't have much of an interest in, and I think that he should be the lead candidate for coming in last place and having uh, having that punishment headed his way.
0: Oof! You know, I don't like to be a, a doom doomsayer and 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 you know be a dark cloud on anyone's season, but this roster does need some help here. I, I am higher on Camara than you, I guess. And no, nope, I love
1: Camara, love Mahomes, but he didn't pick him. Brady Erickson did.
0: Mm-hmm. Brown and Robinson, there are pieces there. He just need. I think with uh, the right touch here, he could.
1: Brown is also someone else. I will not give any credit to this owner until I see him actually do something that uh, isn't computer generated.
0: Well, welcome to the league, <laughs> Head Coach <laughs> Odegaard. Uh, I I am excited to have you here. Uh, the commissioner, uh, you know, the jury's still out on uh, his opinions.
1: I believe it when I see it. I I don't. I can't have an opinion on something he's never done.
0: Or on someone, on a head coach that may or may not exist. Okay, let's precise. move on to the very bottom of the league here. Now, look, I like to precede this by saying, if this were a good Samaritan power ranking, oh my goodness, head coach Abel, you would be at the top of the list. Like, I cannot emphasize that enough. I mean, what he's what he's doing in real life is absolutely outstanding. And it's just a testament to the kind of man he is. I mean, what a guy. Now, to get to the football. Um, I have some concerns here. He's at the bottom in this power ranking because... You know, he, he seems to have, a, he wants a certain flavor to his team. Um, I'll, I'll put it that way. And sometimes vanilla. that's, he wants a very vanilla team and you know, everyone loves Tom Brady, right? But maybe he's having some, uh, some extracurriculars of his own. That's getting in the way. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, the injury risk, you know, concerns me a bit. He's an elite running back when he's healthy. Let's hope he's healthy this season. I miss him in the league. Thielen, underrated wide receiver. Renfro, underrated wide receiver. Similar kind of roles, similar styles of play. I love those. Oh, two would people. you say that that style of play is um, that they're scrappy? Oh, they're scrappy. They're hungry. They're they're being uh, slept on. Are they
1: hard workers?
0: Oh, they're hard workers. Yes. Do they
1: um. Do they do they come? Are they the first person in the building and the last person to leave?
0: Exactly. They're a real glue guy, I'd say right, as well. Right, the other, yeah. if we're gonna go through all the stereotypes, um, they're a gamer. Um, true. True. Yeah. Good add there. Uh, yep. You got to go through all of them. <laughs> but then this, this team falls off a cliff. I mean, what are we doing here? Ben Squarneck, Kyle Phillips, uh, Kyle Phillips, I get Braxton Berrios. No, Philip Lindsay, not even on a team. Kyle Juszczyk, like, is it even worth going through these players? Mike Gasecki, who are you starting? Robert Tynan or Mike Gasecki? Pick one. I'd pick Gasecki. Alec Pierce is your flex. Juszczyk is on the team. There's gotta be some other players that you can add to this team. Rex there Burkhead is there your aren't. RB1. There aren't. Young, uh I, I just this team hurts my eyes to look at and I'm very concerned that I mean you're saying Christian might be in, in danger here, but I'm I, I fail to see how it's not gonna be any team besides the clan that's gonna have to fulfill this this punishment. And that what does that say about our league if we're forcing this this hero, this god amongst
1: men, this this angel to uh fulfill some gratuitous punishment? What I'm very concerned about this. I'm not at all. I, I think that there's literally only the only concerning mark on this roster to me. Um, without a doubt, is the fact that Robert Tanyan's the tight end on this team. Normally, this team um, is pretty carried by the performances of Tom Brady, um, Adam Thielen, and uh, typically Rob Gronkowski. But seeing as there's no Rob Gronkowski in the league anymore, and we didn't get a strong uh, contender to you know bring in the uh, the new era of tight end for the clan, I am a little concerned about its future. Unless Christian McCaffrey proves that he's uh, he's healthy and ready to go, in that case, I think there's no way he comes in last.
0: All right. I mean, you heard it here first, folks. I mean, Nolan, head coach Abel, we we appreciate and applaud your efforts overseas, truly. And uh, we hope that your team will continue its tradition of um, being the best of the uh, the worst in this league. And, uh, you know, there's no questioning the moral backbone of this team as well. You know, full of great guys on and off the football field. Yeah, they were good. Here car- we go. That's it. I mean, we went through all 14 of my power rankings. Come at me if you disagree. I would love to hear your opinions and thoughts. Let's go through these really quickly. All seven matchups, these juicy matchups we have for week one. Pittman Cometh versus
1: Odelta Variant. Who's going to win that one, Quinn? Uh, definitely Pittman Cometh. Uh, too strong of a roster to be overcome here by O Delta Variant. Don't even really need to look at it too much.
0: Okay. Stay Gold Tony Boy versus the Ents. I'll take this one clearly it's going to be Tony boy. Tony boy's going to roll. I mean, the ends, like you said, we don't know if the head coach Odegaard even exists. So that's a major advantage. You do exist. Um, so, uh, the bears
1: versus the Muskie boys, uh, who's going to win that one. That's a tough one to predict. You love the Muskie boys. That's going to be a super fun matchup. Um, I do love the Muskie boys. I, I don't, it's going to be a really, really telling really, if he comes in and punches the champ in the mouth, do I see that happening? Um, no, (laughs) I I think, I think at the end of the day, when you're looking at Justin Jefferson and Cooper cup, I think they're going to come in and they're going to blow the socks off of this team. And I think that the Muskie boys are probably uh, a team that's going to improve as the year goes on. I'd agree with
0: that. I think, but. Um, totally, I, I think I am too low on the Muskie boys. You've convinced me. Three Pete versus Big Dog. I've got to say, Three Pete uh, again. Mason, just like with uh, Head Coach Odegaard, I I want proof that you're you're awake and you're aware and and you're gonna be kind of in the in the in between the trenches every week uh, here. So until I see otherwise, I'm gonna trust the aptly named uh, Three Pete uh, to you know take care of business week one.
1: This is actually gonna be my hot take. I actually think Mason's gonna come out victorious in this matchup. Only and only if he can manage to get t- uh, TJ Hawkinson into his tight end slot. If he can manage to do that, I'm going to take him as my sleeper underdog this week.
0: Wow. All right. Well, my sleeper's coming up in the next matchup. I think Local Idiots is going to take care of business against Rainier Butt Chugs United. No, he's not going to take care of business. He's going to slay a dragon. Rainier Butt Chugs United will fall to Local Idiots, young upstart, baby assassin, Connor Anderson.
1: Connor bull. Oh, <laughs> rather assumptive of you over here.
0: Okay. Well, uh, he's a descendant of the Anderson uh, clan. He has ties to the house Anderson.
1: I'd, I'd believe it. I'd believe it. If uh, he wasn't going into this with Russell Gage as his number one receiver. So uh, once I, uh, once
0: we see something change there, maybe, maybe Russ could pop off. You never know. Okay. Uh, who do you think is going to win versus Deshaun? Deshaun's massage parlor versus the clan. Who, who's going to take that one?
1: Um, You know, again, I'm going to take the sleeper. I'm going with uh, I'm going with the clan here. I think that McCaffrey, healthy coming into the year, is going to blow the socks off this team Uh, until he's injured. I think that the clan can honestly win in every matchup purely because of the McCaffrey bump. I think Tom Brady is going to do what Tom Brady does. Adam Thielen is going to be really promising. Historically, he's incredible at the beginning of the year and trails off towards the end. I think Hunter Renfro has a defined role in this offense. And uh, we'll see what happens with Alec Pierce and Robert Tanyan. But I do like that a lot better over a uh, team coming in with, you know, Tony Pollard, who's the backup running back. Devin Singletary, who maybe has the red zone work. Tyler Lockett, who's hit or miss. And uh, it's usually only hit if Russ is there and he's not there anymore. And yeah, I, I see the Klan winning this one.
0: Wow. And my final hot take is that butt fumble is going to defeat shooters shoot. I think butt fumble has great options in the starting lineup. And I think he has more depth than he knows what to do with at this point. I think that's his main issue. He needs to shore up positions of need, but I think there's a chance that he could slay a dragon this week. All right. And that's our predictions right there. Quinn, any last thoughts? I know that a long offseason, a tumultuous offseason has passed, and um, there might be a lot to catch up on. Any, any final things that uh, you want to get off your chest here before we say goodbye?
1: Yeah, uh, I just have a quick message to all of you people who are doubting me as the commissioner of this league. There is no one who would message the Discord 27 times before the beginning of the season to make sure things are ironed out and that as many people are going to be at that draft as possible. There's no one who will step up to the organizational plate as I will. And if you want to come at me for my decision-making, why don't you step up into the freaking gauntlet and do it yourself? Clowns.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. I mean, let's just let that marinate for a second here. Wow. I mean, I'm just going to stay out of this. I think Quinn, you know where I stand. Um, And I think it's important that we, um, you know, we have a respectful dialogue with our, our leadership in this league. I mean, the league is only expanding. And um, progress has been made. And I think it's worth looking back and really being appreciative of everything that how far we've come and all the different champions we've had. So, yeah, just just be mindful of that. um, And let's have a great season, everybody. I love this part of the season full of hope, you know, and uh, that's it for this episode. You know, welcome back. Thanks for listening, making it this far. And uh, we hope to have some guests on in the future. And thank you so much. Have a great season enjoy week one. Thanks, Jamie. All right. Thank you, Quinn. Talk to you later.